0: The Sanskrit name of this chakra is Ajna, which originally was defined as to perceive and later to command. This speaks to the twofold nature of this chakra, to take in images from which we command our reality, commonly known as creative visualization, to hold an image in our mind increases the possibility that it will materialize anadeya judith looking now at our sixth chakra ajna chakra we start to delve into the themes of seeing intuition clairvoyance perception and commanding reality the element here is light and the celestial bodies are jupiter and neptune the gland associated with Ajna chakra is the pineal gland, and the body part governing this the, this chakra governs are the eyes. Uh, the Bija, the harmonizing sound is om, 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 and the resonant or clearing sound is M, repeated, so just an Mm. Um, If you are into Brahmary breathing, the black bumblebee breath, it is just a full inhale and a humming exhale, Mm, which would uh, work as the resonant sound for this chakra. All right, let's dive in. Hello and welcome to the Soul Medicine Podcast. I am your host, Liz Nerland, and it is my mission to unite the healing arts and modern scientific understanding to bring you practices that will revolutionize your life. I bring you soulful meditations, love notes, visualizations, insights, interviews, and workshop recordings to uplift, inspire, and lead you through your own personal metamorphosis. Let's dive in. The essence of the sixth chakra or brow chakra is the gift of seeing. This gift refers both to the actual observing of the world around us and to seeing what lies beneath, between, and below the physical. As Anadeya Judith beautifully puts it, through seeing we have both a means of internalizing the outer world and a symbolic language for externalizing the inner world. Our ability to both remember the past and imagine the future in vivid details gives hints to this chakra's ability to transcend time. We can viscerally respond to that which is vividly imagined or recalled, creating the same biochemistry that we would if the event was happening to us in the physical world in real time. So the brain can't differentiate between something that is actually unfolding in present time and something that is just vividly imagined. The body, its physiology will respond um, the same way whether it is a vivid imagination or an actual event taking place. Now this chakra is located in the center of the head, roughly at the level of, or slightly above the eyes. While the previous five chakras were located in the body, the location of this one in the head points to its nature as primarily mental. It is even more subtle as opposed to physical and easy to perceive. It is, more subtle than any of the previous chakras. And in this mental plane, we leave behind the boundaries of time and space and embrace the transpersonal or the field that connects us all. The element associated with this chakra is light. As we explored in the fifth chakra, the vishuddha, the throat, vibration underlies all form. Light exists as a higher faster vibration than sound. Light has a magical quality of acting either like a particle or a wave, depending on the method of observation. Given its possible wave-like behavior, light can affect matter in many of the same ways as sound from our fifth chakra discussion. The various colors we see relate to each color's unique frequency, with the red, orange, and yellows being a slower vibration than the blues and purples. This is important because different colors have different effects in the natural world. Light exists as electromagnetic energy. So when light of a high frequency strikes metal, it can actually induce an electric current. So this is a photoelectric effect. But low-frequency light, like red, will never induce an electric current, regardless of its intensity, because its frequency is too low. So that's just an example of how different colors have different qualities and will affect matter in different ways. Now, just as a sound wave has been demonstrated to have a dramatic effect on the arrangement of subtle energy patterns that underlie matter... Light can affect matter in much the same way. There are several theories on color therapy for wellness, and the field is ever evolving. Now, the colors typically associated with fully developed clear chakras are red. So it's the same um, like Roy G Biv acronym as the colors of the rainbow. So chakra one, red, two, orange, three, yellow four, green, five, blue, six, indigo, and seven, violet. Um, chakra four, uh, the heart chakra, which is typically said to be green. Also, a lot of sources will add pink as, as one of the colors um, of a harmonized heart chakra. Chakra one typically is red, but also black, like the color of fertile soil is very commonly brought up as a healthy expression of a root chakra. Now in working with the chakras and developing clairvoyance, you may see variations in colors, patterns of colors and intensity of colors in the different energy centers as reflective of a person's life. It can be fun and therapeutic to begin exploring your own reaction to colors too. Are there certain colors you gravitate towards and fill your closet with? How do different colors make you feel? Explore what happens if you choose a color of clothing or paint or something for home decor that is aligned with a chakra you wish to strengthen. You can explore using color visualizations for healing and harmonizing your body and mind, or even meditate on colors to open to their wisdom. Carl Pribram says, not only do we construct our perceptions of the world, but we also go out and... and construct those perceptions in the world. We make tables and bicycles and musical instruments because we can think of them. So circling back to this Ajna chakra being both interpreted as to perceive and to command, we start to see this double nature where yes, we are using vision to take in information, but we can also use our vision get an inspired vision in our head and bring that to life in the natural world. The pineal gland is the gland that is associated with the sixth chakra. It is a tiny pine cone shaped gland within the brain. It is often referred to as the seat of the soul. And when this tiny gland experiences pressure, a piezoelectric effect can be experienced and measured. When this happens to people, they experience transcendental moments. Stimulation of this chakra via pressure on the pineal gland can produce measurable changes in a human brain that is experienced as a total escape from the time space continuum. So when the pineal gland is activated, stimulated, um, this is when people will experience what is often referred to as a transcendental moment. Uh, It could be almost hallucinogenic or um, otherworldly kind of experiences there is a breathing technique that dr joe Dispenza teaches to activate the pineal gland uh, because you do need to exert pressure on it and you have to do that in a very specific way of engaging the bandhas the yogic bandhas and breath retention because the pineal gland is encased in the central nervous system. It is protected. So you can't like press on the head to apply pressure to this gland. It has to be done through mastering internal pressures within the central nervous system. That's just a side note, a little bit beyond the scope of this episode, Um, but I am happy to teach that Breath as well, For if you're interested, let me know. Circling back. So while this chakra does correlate to the physical eyes, it offers much more than physical vision. Looking is our ability to see what is in front of us. Seeing is our ability to see beyond just what is in front of us and to make sense of it in relation to a bigger picture. So we do not see with our eyes. The eyes and optic nerve transfer light through electrical impulses to the brain. It is in our own mind that we make sense of the information coming in. Looking is taking in light as electrical impulses to the brain, transferring information from the outer world to the inner world. Seeing is making sense of what that stimuli means seeing happens in the mind. Anadea Judas says, we also must remember that it is not matter that we perceive, but light. When we look at the world around us, we think we see objects, but what we are really seeing is the light reflected by these objects. We see what they are not. We see the space between them, the space around them, but we cannot see into the actual objects. Now, it is important to realize that we do not perceive matter, but rather we see light reflected by matter. When we see a color, let's say blue, what we are seeing is an object that absorbs all frequencies except blue. We see the edges of an object, not because of the object, but because of the empty space around the object. The Ajna chakra is the center where we can start to develop the psychic ability of clairvoyance. Uh, If you recall, telepathy is a chakra five phenomena, clairsentience or clear feeling is actually a chakra two phenomena. Clairvoyance, this sixth chakra phenomena, means clear seeing. The words clear and seeing quite accurately describe the process involved. To be clairvoyant, we need to look in the spaces that are clear. To look at the fields of energy, not at the objects themselves. To look at relationships, not things. To see the world as a whole and to reach with our minds directly and clearly for the information we want. The more clarity we have within ourselves, the better we're able to see the subtle properties of the world around us. That's an excerpt from Anadea Judith in her book, Wheels of Life. And I'm just going to point out a few points that she makes here. Again, to be clairvoyant, we have to look at the spaces that are clear. So if you are an energy worker and you are not just staring directly at the density of the body, instead, you are going to start seeing the human as a whole and to reach with your mind directly and clearly for the information you want, you're going to start looking beyond just the physical body, looking, listening, and feeling into the fields of energy that emanate from the body, looking at the relationships that this person has, not focusing on the physical body exclusively. So, The power of questions can support us in clear seeing while running old patterns of thought can keep us stuck in what we know, or more accurately, what we think we know, focusing instead on a clear question can help us draw information beyond what we have learned or experienced in holographic theory, which is again, beyond the scope of this chakra exploration, Asking the right questions is akin to using the right reference beam to light up a holographic image in our brain. In the sixth chakra realm of light, we transcend time and space and work into the field that connects all beings. Thus, we are no longer limited to recalling just those things we have seen or experienced ourselves. If holographic theory carries any accuracy, it means we have access to an infinite amount of information generated by an infinite amount of brainwave formations. While most of us believe we cannot access information beyond ordinary knowing, we do not even bother to try looking for that which is beyond our first-hand experience. But in the same way that a Google search bar Given the appropriate command can retrieve information that was never previously viewed on your browser, so too can you begin to perceive beyond what you've experienced. You just have to ask the right questions, give the right command. Beyond asking the right question, you also need to have a blank screen to view the information on. A blank screen Requires quiet, stillness, and openness. So many of us are not accessing this clairvoyance, this deep we're not tapping into this deep intuition that we have because we just think it's beyond our grasp. Practice asking the questions that you want to know, paying attention. Develop a practice that can bring your mind into a state of being more of a blank screen. Is there something you can do to help quiet the mind? Bring it to stillness, bring it to openness. Then you can present the question, give the command for the information you're looking at, and you just might be surprised at what comes to you. Many people begin this intuitive, clairvoyant practice using palmistry, tarot, or astrology as tools to support the development of clear seeing. These tools give structure from which you can begin to cross reference information and gain insight into things you have not yet experienced. When drawing a tarot card, the card itself brings forth images and information. The reader of the card carries his or her own information and specific question. You then start to explore the areas where these sources of information intersect. What starts to light up? So the areas where sources of information intersect, so where the information from the card starts to meet the information from your experiences And the information from your question, where these things start to intersect and collide, it brings amplitude and power, inviting you to look deeper in specific areas, bringing new insight and clarity. Anadea Judith says, because the nuances are so subtle, it is common to ignore or invalidate them. Just as we cannot hear the whispers of telepathy in a noisy world, we cannot see the subtle movement of the etheric realms if we expect them to be outlined in neon. So I'm just going to look at that quote a little closer. So she's reminding us the nuances, this clear seeing, this intuitive knowing, the nuances are so subtle that it is common to ignore and invalidate them. We do this all the time. So to develop this clear knowing, this clear seeing, we really have to practice tuning in and trusting the insight that comes. The process of developing clairvoyance begins with noticing what you already see. Notice what you already see. Most of what we see we just filter out, we don't really take it in. So it starts with noticing what you already see. We can develop our clairvoyance through meditation, visualization, and training, just practicing. Seek validation as you first start practicing. Do so by asking for it and know that it's okay to be wrong. Even when you perceive something incorrectly, search for the elements that are correct over time you will strengthen your ability to pick out the information that is relevant and true. Clairvoyance then is a matter of seeing the inner relationship of things, the fitting of the part into the whole. It is done by searching for the cross point or interference pattern between our question and the piece of information that best fits the space we have created for it. The potency of the image that clicks into place sets it apart from the infinite number of other possible answers. That's another uh, excerpt from Anadea Judith's book, Wheels of Life. So it's, again, it's fitting this part into the whole, cross-referencing your question with the information that comes in until something aligns and lights up and clicks for you. So let's now look at how Ajna Chakra plays out in our lives. So when the Ajna Chakra is in balance, one often experiences clarity. They are seeing clearly and they are likely starting to develop some clairvoyance. Uh, They often have really strong visualization skills and have an air of wisdom about them. When the Ajna chakra is blocked in such a way that the energy of this chakra is excessive, it often manifests as hallucinations, delusion, and difficulty relating to the physical world. So this is important to note because there are a lot of mystery schools, spiritual practices, uh, new age circles that are all about opening the upper chakras, but without the foundation of the lower chakras, it can really mess a person up. You have this big expansive spiritual awakening through the upper chakras, but if you cannot ground that energy and translate it into this human life, it can cause a lot of problems. Hallucination, delusion, and difficulty relating to the physical world. Not ideal. So, some balancing practices, grounding practices. So, circle all the way back to chakra one, master that first. Mantra, so that mm, clearing sound can be really helpful. Uh, and yoga, so doing some balancing practices. And again, if this is someone, who the lower chakras are kind of offline. The body's been a little bit ignored. Um, they've just had this really strong awakening, and this happens too with like plant medicines. Someone who has not primed their nervous system to be able to hold the kind of charge that they're gonna get through something like ayahuasca or a boga, they take that plant medicine, they have this big spiritual awakening, but the nervous system honestly just cannot hold that charge, cannot ground that charge. Um, it can lead to a really bad place. So yoga can help. Um, the specific yoga practices will depend on, on what is needed. But for most people with this excessive energy in the brow chakra, they are going to want to be doing grounding practices, um, flow practices, things that get them into the body and strengthen the body. Now, when Ajna Chakra is blocked in such a way that the energy is deficient, it can often manifest as closed-mindedness, cynicism, and denial. Uh, So this closed-mindedness, it's like they are not open to clear seeing. They've already decided what they're seeing. And so they're just not not open to seeing in a new way um and this can lead to that cynicism and denial now suggested practices for this deficient sixth chakra would be mantra om om is the uh the seed sound so an om practice would be helpful guided meditations, guided visualizations. So this is someone who we are going to gently and progressively open these upper chakras, activate them, amplify them, not through some jolts like ayahuasca, but through a natural unfolding. Um, Inversion practices can also be very helpful. So things like headstand, um, but really important that you learn these inversions from a qualified and competent teacher so that you can avoid injury. Uh, So some of these postures like headstand are high risk and high reward. So you just want to make sure that you are practicing them safely. All right. Well, I hope that you enjoyed this overview of Ashna Chakra, Chakra 6. Let me know if you've got questions about it. I would love to hear from you. And thank you so much for tuning in. Namaste, sweet ones.